Hi, this is Free City Radio. I'm Stefan Christoph in Montreal, and this is the 136th edition of the show. I'm going to be sharing a live broadcast today that was recorded in GeoGeage, Montreal, at an exhibition called Sonic Fields of Reflection, which is taking place at Artex Gallery. I contributed to this exhibition, um, both in terms of poster art, um, about the intersections of radio, social activism, and the arts, but also in hosting this live broadcast that took place downtown in the city at our text gallery. So I'm going to let the live broadcast play, and I'm happy to share it with you here on the program. Talk to you soon. Take care. This broadcast today uh, here on St. Catherine Street is part of an exhibition called Sonic Fields of Reflection. This exhibition shares a lot of different works, uh, audio work, printed work, that explores the intersections of radio, the arts, and activism, both in this moment and over past years. There's many amazing contributors to this project, um, so I would really encourage anybody in Montreal to come by and look up and pass by and visit this exhibition. Um, and for anybody listening outside, uh, do look up the work of our text and come by whenever you are in the city. So this broadcast is going to be one hour and we have a lot of contributors um, that have contributed, <laughs> that have uh, created works for this broadcast. And we're really um, thankful that Mojen Bezadi, uh, who is the exhibition curator for this work, Sonic Fields of Reflection, uh, has worked really hard um, with Free City Radio to um, put together a live broadcast. And I would also just say uh, CKUT Radio has, has uh, been present and helped with the technical setup on this snowy morning here in Montreal. So good day. And hi, Mojen. Hi, Stefan. <laughs> Uh, wow, I think we began talking about doing this a few months ago, uh, or even before, so it's cool that it's happening in the moment, and we're in this room uh, here at Artext, uh, exhibition space, there's a lot of different work uh, present uh, up on the walls, there's reading material, there's a lot of sound, so I guess first we could just talk a bit about Sonic Fields of Reflection, what's the exhibition, um, some of the some of the ideas that propelled this work for you? Um, gosh, thank you so much, Stefan. I'm so excited because this is the first, um, you know, recording that we're doing in the space. And a huge part of this exhibition is that it's also a studio space where we'll be recording multiple of our own podcast episodes. Um, and it's meant to be used in this form and activated in this way and experienced by visitors um, also who come spontaneously while these recordings are happening, hopefully. Um, so Sonic Fields of Reflection is an exhibition that I started working on um, in some ways many years ago and in some ways four months ago. <laughs> um, so I think this is um, a lot of the ideas for this exhibition and a lot of the elements that are in the show come from being part of the music community for many years that you're a part of and also just you know um, Nick Schofield who was a host on CKUT for Underground Sound was my roommate and very close friend and so I had exposure to, to CKUT and the whole community radio collectives um, you know from a long time ago and I kind of 
I think always was kind of um, mesmerized by what it all was and how, um, you know, how community feels and how amazing it is. And I think when the pandemic came around and I started working at Artex and started to think about what I would do here, um, when I would do a show, um, this aspect of um, highlighting mm-hmm. community practices mm-hmm. was a big deal. And especially with the pandemic and everything mm-hmm. that everyone went through, it became even more important. And I think, um, you know, uh, critical sound practices really came to my mind and, and became bigger and bigger as um, as time went on. So the show um, highlights um, oral histories, mm-hmm community radio practices, mm-hmm. um, recording practices, because us as curators, uh, we spend our time recording things on our phone, uh, interviews with artists, mm-hmm. and they just kind of sit there. And And some of them are, are within our collection as well. So we have a um, gallerist, who, um, Christine Redfern, who donated a bunch of recordings of her interviews, tape-recorded interviews with artists over mm-hmm. the years. And uh, going through a lot of this material, I just realized it would be really interesting to highlight how our collection, which is a we're a documentation center, and we uh, collect um, documents on contemporary art practices since the 1965. And so I really wanted to highlight the kinds of things that we can have in our collection or that we do have in our collection. So there's a whole bunch, like I guess the bibliography of the Mm -hmm. show is, is in the exhibition itself. So all of the books that I consulted while thinking about this exhibition and you know there's posters of sound practices and radio practices a lot of just seeds posters and ones that you lent us mm-hmm. from from your work in activism and radio and mm-hmm. community organizing mm-hmm. um, and you, and I'm losing my train of thought but I think it was really important to to highlight these communities and specifically also how they manifest here in Montreal in Jojage. Uh, That was really important. Well, I want to pick up on one point, which Mm -hmm. is you talked about community practices. So looking around at the material here, I think um, in a lot of narratives about how culture happens, one part that's missing, at least in a lot of mainstream portrayals of how both like artistic innovation happens or how like the intersections of art and activism are explored, addressed, created uh, in real time in response to the crisis moments we're experiencing, you know, as a society, uh, the social movements that are happening. Community radio has always played like a really important Mm -hmm. role in creating a bit of broadcast space to Mm. have these conversations about where we're at uh, collectively as a society, but also how the arts and activism intersect. So how was it to like go over the archives? Because often we live in this moment that's very screen oriented, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Um, But looking back to like an archival space like our text. I mean, one thing I've always found really awesome about this project is that it's a grounding, right? Like it's to say, okay, you know, we're having a debate right now Mm -hmm. about, um, you know, a lot of very important conversations about the colonial uh, reality of, you know, the Quebec project or the Canadian state, but these are not new conversations. So if you go back to our text, 
archives. I'm sure there's material about, you know, the moment of how artists were responding to the Oka crisis and the Gang Yahaga um, movement to uh, decolonize their land from a golf course um, in the early 1990s. So why is this background of material important for sort of grounding our contemporary conversations? Well, that's uh, the very reason of our existence. So we're here to be a living memory. Um, and I think that's the raison d'être of our text. We're here to make sure that this these documents um, st- are in the collection and we're able to have historical perspective on all of these matters so that hopefully we're able to do things um, differently and learn from, from things that worked in the past as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really... And just researching this, you know, we have Kathy Kennedy with us in the room, who's a, an important member of the of the CKUT community and who was involved, uh, is involved still, I think, um, at Dykes on Mics and then X-Files. And this is a huge part of, of also this exhibition. We have a radio documentary on the history of X-X-Files and... Um, and by the current collective who are running it. And this, like, I think, um, you know, generation, cross-generational um, discussion and yeah. the way that we're, we're able to carry on um, through the conversations with the past, the present, and the future is, is something that we really think about here um, as a documentation center. So can you just describe where we're at? Like, wh- where are we sitting? What What's going on around <laughs> There's us? There's so much going on yeah. in this space. Yeah. So um, uh, Sonic Fields of Reflection is an exhibition space. It's also a kind of a study space. Um, in the middle of the, ta- of the space is a round table. Mm-hmm. And the round table was kind of the focal point of this exhibition. It kind of started from the center and we moved you know, to the walls uh, slowly. Um, but this idea, the round table, we got it built by the uh, artist Jonathan Shuela, who also did um, a, um, a cushion installation mm-hmm. called Query that is helping to soundproof the space. But the table, uh, the, this idea of a round table is really important. Um, you know, we think about the kitchen table and oral history uh, culture and how the kitchen table is where uh, knowledge is passed from generation to generation and and how even, you know, from a family uh, mm-hmm. sharing its own stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, the previous exhibition we had in the space, Blackity, had two videos, mm-hmm. uh, one by Andrea Fatona and one by, um, now I'm um, <laughs> forgetting mm-hmm. who's the other one. Yes. No, the the other video. Anyway, so we had two videos uh, in in the in our, the last our exhibition. Ca for all the background. Yes, exactly. Yeah, our text uh, with an e. Yes, yeah. um, and um, there was two videos in which the kitchen table was really important. And I really like this idea of carrying elements of the previous exhibition into the next and creating mm-hmm. a sense of continuity because, 
you know, everything we do is interconnected. And so we wanted to manifest this kitchen table idea, which became the studio space on which we're recording this uh, live broadcast. Mm -hmm. And this idea that this space would be the place where discussions are created Mm -hmm. and documents are created on contemporary art practices. Um, And um, from there, uh, we created, like I said, the cushion installation by Jonathan Chuela, who's in the space with us now. Um, and and we wanted to soundproof the space, so we also um, mm-hmm. have this beautiful carpet that's mm-hmm. also this whole idea of making a, the space really comfortable. And studios tend to be quite austere, and, like, they can be a little bit, you know, like you know, just utilitarian. And Mm -hmm. I really, I think this idea of what we all went through during the pandemic Mm -hmm. was so much on my mind as we were thinking about how we wanted to welcome visitors back into the space uh, and and what they might want. And also, because I'm asking people to listen to three hours or more worth of audio, I wanted to offer something uh, to the visitors Mm -hmm. so that they could, um, you know, feel like they wanted to stay and feel like it was... Uh, you know, comfortable space where you can unwind and where you could kind of remove yourself from the feeling of what it's like, uh, you know, the hustle of everyday life. Um, so, so this space is plush. You're you're asked to remove your shoes before coming in. So there's this feeling that you're entering your own home in a way. Um, you know, someone described it. Our our um, an art installer, Mark Lowe, described it. Uh, it described this space um, as reminding him of his um, basement bedroom when he was a teenager, <laughs> with like the carpeting and the posters. And I love those those referrals because I think that's exactly what I want. And I see people coming into the space and really like. Mm-hmm. and really Respect. unwinding and changing gears. And I think that's so important in terms of what listening means. Mm-hmm. You know, how could we activate critical listening and decolonial listening and all of those things? And I think one of the, the things you can do is, is, is create the conditions for that. Right on. Uh, I really appreciate what you were just saying about the time and space needed to deconstruct mm-hmm. our understanding of systems of injustice and systems of power and how to strategically think and learn over time about how we can build alternatives. And a lot of the documents here at our text are, are speaking to so many past efforts yes. in that direction, which is so important. Yeah. Um, and so it's our text with an E dot CA yeah. uh, for people to uh, learn more information about this exhibition uh, and also get some background uh, about past exhibitions. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot on the program today. Uh, I just wanted to um, mention that we began the program uh, with a collaboration between Ali Seti and Nicholas Jar, uh, featuring Faiz Ahmed Faiz. Um, so we will hear a bit more about the traditional song that is featured in this remix. It's related in some ways to a piece that's part of this exhibition by Hajra Wahid, which um, people can also come and engage with. We're going to hear an mm-hmm. excerpt from that later. So just a bit of context to uh, the, the piece that we heard at the top. Um, so we are going to uh, continue this moving this live broadcast, which is the first time for a while for Free City mm-hmm. Radio. Thanks for being with us. I'm Stefan Christoph. We're live at our text. I want to also thank Spencer Curtis from CKT, who uh, worked really hard to get the setup going this morning. 
shout out to Spencer. Um, we are going to go to an excerpt from a piece uh, by Martin Rodriguez, um, which we are going to speak with Martin in a moment about um, and um, learn about a bit of the context of Martin's work. And um, I'm just going to let the piece speak for itself at this moment here on CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. This is Free City Radio. Ya únicamente nos separan 15 minutos de las 10 de la mañana. Tenemos muchos, muchos saludos, tenemos muy buen cargamento. Eh, enviando también saludos para mi amigazo, eh, el velador por ahí del abuelo. Enviamos un saludo que se encuentra eh, ya saliendo a su casita. Vamos a enviarle una cancioncita que solicitó también con mucho gusto. Saludos para la señora Carla de Las Vegas, Nevada, que nos habló para felicitar a Carlitos Emanuel Chacón, que está cumpliendo 14 años, la señora María Jesús por allá en Nogales, Arizona, a la familia Lara Hernández, al señor Barbosa, que nos escucha por allá en Nuevo Nogales, también le enviamos un saludo por ahí a la familia Valenzuela, que nos escucha por ahí en la Colonia Esperanza, a la gente de la mesa, la gente de Lomas de Anza, de Cibuta, de Santana, donde tenemos bastante auditorio también, a la gente bonita de Santa Cruz, le enviamos un saludo con mucho gusto, CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. Uh, this is part of a work by Martin Rodriguez. Um, Mojen, you were saying? Yes, so I just, before we ask Martin to step in and tell us about the piece, I just wanted to say that it's it's uh, such a delight that you're here and I really wanted to reach out to you as part of this project, but there's so, there, you know, it was just becoming very maximalist. Well, you did, I'm yes, here, right? exactly, so, so I'm glad we could, we could um, have you here with us today. But we have, um, as part of the exhibition, two pieces, one by Jamie Ross and one by Ruzbe mm. Shadpei that were part of um, Centre Clark's Post Audio, which is a programming that happens at every exhibition cycle at, at uh, Centre Clark. And it was part of this idea of highlighting um, sound practices in contemporary art centers, which are manifold. Um, and Martine was uh, one of the last people who sh who presented work at the Centre, at the Post Audio of Centre Clark. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, thank you for, for being here and accepting this invitation. Well, of course, it was my pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. I saw the the the, the exhibit was coming, and I, I hit you up, and I was like, I want to come, yeah. like, show me around, <laughs> talk to me about what you've got together here. So I'm happy to be here and oh. sharing about my practice. So thanks for the invitation. And so we are live here on Free City Radio at Our Text. Uh, I should just mention, so uh, what we heard from is an intervention-based work um, and it's by Martin Rodriguez. He's exploring the territory around his childhood home, investigating how borders, both physical and psychological, shape our individual and collective identities. Uh, in doing so, cracking a window into the U.S. MX border. The project features audio from Rodriguez's uh, initial radio investigations along the migrant paths of the Sorona Desert, util utilizing a cassette deck radio, a crystal radio, wow, and an experimental radio antenna that fuses the Mexican folk craft known as Ojo de Dio, God's oh. Eyes. Ojo de Dios. Thank you. With a traditional loop antenna by merging audio recordings with various 
freely migrating radio signals along with field recordings. The resulting work explores the ability of sound to embody the presence of human-made borders and the identities of those who exist along their margins. So that's some context for the work. Yes. So that's a lot. <laughs> what, what, wow. Okay, so you're in, we, we heard yeah. the radio, you're yeah. in, in the car, you're mm -hmm. on the border, this violent yeah. colonial borderline. How, mm -hmm. how did this all go down? So I grew up along that border. Um, I was there uh, until like third grade. And then uh, at that time we moved uh, to Seattle. So um, a lot of my life has been tied up uh, with trying to understand my identity because my father's Mexican and my mother's Polish American. Um, and so, you know, when I was a ki when I was a kid and even still to this day, you know, um, you get like these uh, people when you go to Mexico, you're a gringo. And when you're with non-Mexicans or non-Latinos, um, people ask you how to roll a burrito or like, you know, that type of stuff. And you're like, you know, it's it's kind of like microaggressions or whatever, but it's still it's they're not they're not being mean, but it's still like trying to understand, OK, well, if I'm not here, I'm not there, then where am I? And so this project was kind of me trying to understand uh, this. And so it was reconnecting with this border that I had grown up on and had fond memories of and really identified with. When I, def when I think about myself, I think about myself more in that space than I do any other space. Um, so this project was trying, was, was in, in large part was trying to understand how radio can speak to place. So it was really um, this idea of going down there and just doing these sort of lis listening actions where I had brought, made this antenna and would just kind of um, go along like my backyard where I grew up as a kid, but then also uh, going, there was like this, this idea of like trying to find my roots, trying to find my home again. And I felt that there's a lot of that sort of thing was also tied up in, in what migrants are doing when they're trying, they're trying to find a new home. They're coming from, from Mexico and South America and coming all the way up through the border and, and they arrive in these migrant paths, which at times, you know, would pass in front of my house. I have memories of them visiting us, like stopping at night. Um, and so the, the, really the, the work has to do with, with really it, it, it's centered around my identity, but trying to make these links to, um, others who are trying to find home as well. Um, and in doing this project, it was important for me not just to go there and just kind of take and record these signals. And so when I went there, I also volunteered with an organization called Humane Borders, which does uh, a lot of the water runs and leaves water for migrants, um, crossing, uh, the border. Uh, on foot. And so um, along those paths, we went and we filled up these, these water barrels. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, um, that volunteer work, I came back later and to those specific locations and did these sort of listening actions with the antenna. Um, we, and that was like, it was, <laughs> there's, there's wow. so many stories about being out there in the desert at night or in the day and at night that uh, we could talk for an hour about it, but mm -hmm. can just kind of leave it there for now, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very powerful, and um, and I also listened to part of your talk with Prakash Krishnan mm -hmm. at um, at Centre Clark, and and I think it's um, and that's another way in which I think these sonic practices uh, occur. It's like mm -hmm. through these uh, these the, the side programming around. Um, around um oh sorry <laughs> sorry if I was a little bit muted for a mm -hmm. while there, but around. Um, you know what we do and mm -hmm. and so I, and you described uh one of those occurrences with yeah. prakash um yeah. 
And so I encourage people to to listen to that too. It's available, I think, on the YouTube channel of Centre Clark, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, I want to ask you, Martin, yes. uh, Martin, your practice is so wide when it comes to radio. Mm -hmm. uh, you you also initiated programming on CKUT when you joined uh, Eastern Bloc. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about Pirate Block Radio? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think, you know, uh, Pirate Block Radio was basically a project that stemmed out of a residency that I had at CKUT, which was just like doing a D, like a DJ show, playing music and sounds that I liked. Um, and at that time, I had also just begun started uh, working at Eastern Block. Um, and I felt that there was, uh, while I was doing the radio show, I was also um, seeing that Studio XX had a show that was going on and that they were able to talk to the community from there. And having just kind of joined Eastern Block, I felt like there was like some lack of communication that was really happening and that we we ha were presenting all these great works but that people weren't necessarily coming in to, to see them and I was like well this is a really simple mouthpiece for us to reach out to the community mm -hmm. and to talk about media art in general and at large and some of the critical thinking that we're doing and and so from there it, it was just that it just became like the show where it was interview based and live for me ra live radio is best I, I'm fine with pre-recorded radio. I've, I've, I've done it before, but I think the spirit of radio exists in the live format. So all of the shows, all the broadcasts that I did were always live. And that was like a, a big challenge. Because <laughs> it's like not only are you interviewing people, but you're doing the DJ work of like bringing in the sounds and the songs and like connecting to people who aren't um, present, mm -hmm. you know, doing phone calls, taking phone calls when people, when it comes in, it's like this whole like um, ballet that you end up getting in, involved in. And I'm sure Stefan and Spencer can all relate to that yeah. sort of experience. So how long has, has it been on air? It's a very good question. Um, I was there in 2014, so probably since then. Um, so yeah. That's amazing. It's a really long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really happy you ran out. It sounds like it's going to turn into a podcast format, which I think is really smart. It's a, it's a good uh, angle. And for me, podcasts are directly rated, related to radio. Um, you know, you spoke earlier about the pandemic. And I think for me, I had always been like a strong analog uh, radio sort of guy. And But then during the pandemic, there's like so many digital stations that were popping up and it was just mm -hmm. crazy. It was like another heyday for radio. Mm -hmm. I got to say, um, there yeah. was so many, you know, home-brewed stations um, popping up. It became so easy for people to kind of share their sounds of where they were and what they were, what they were living. Um, and through that experience, I got really interested in, oh, how... how how radio can also exist in a digital format. And I think podcast is a really clear way of, of uh, like another step of, of a radio format that exists like um, asynchron asynchronously. That's a really jumbled word. Yeah. I'm not going to try. Asynchronistically <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah yes. definitely. Um, and we're noticing that our, our text too, there's in, in the contemporary art specifically, how mm. the audio as document is becoming, it's a booming field mm. um, right now. And, and there's a, a lot of, um, you know, thinking around how we're going to be able to preserve all of this digitally as it takes mm -hmm. up a lot of space. And we, you know, mm -hmm. it's, we have a lot of thinking to do around that as it, it's becoming a form that's, that's here to, to stay and, and is robust. Mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, and the hard thing too, with digital formats, I find is that like, you can't just fall into them. We're like yeah. here in, in the space, 
we have all the books set up on the bookshelf. I can literally like they can fall into my lap, mm-hmm. you know, and like that's that's amazing. That's what's so beautiful about a physical form. So trying to understand how a digital form, it's amazing because it can exist for like as long as that format, as that hard drive will exist. But like, how can I stumble into it? Is, yeah, is yeah. The, I think the big question about digital uh, preservation of archives. Yeah. yeah. We've yeah. talked a lot about that uh, in relation to CKUT. I think, you know, of various programmers at the station is um, we were at Cinema Politica on Monday mm-hmm. uh, speaking about the film Dear Jackie, mm-hmm. uh, which looks at Little Burgundy and Montreal Black experiences. And mm-hmm. Pat Dylan Moore was just mentioning how CKUT as a gathering point was so important for so many years mm-hmm. for you know, different communities, um, but that physical nature of the space, but also the way that, uh, you know, one thing that comes to mind in relation to your piece is how radio can make you dream, mm-hmm. right? And you, you I, I really liked one phrase um, where you say cracking a window, mm-hmm. you know, into a certain environment, mm-hmm. right? And, and just hearing an excerpt from your piece, mm-hmm. you can really hear how um, there's a sort of uh, dream quality to audio where, mm-hmm. you know, you're picturing what's happening. Um, yeah. I, that's something that I strive for in my practice. It's um, starting to develop this idea that I call an embodied transmission. It's this framework that I work within that basically it's this idea that which is goes along with embodied sound, but basically that sound exists as a vessel. And when it's um, used to transmit, you have like this message that's carried, but it's not just like words, um, you know, sound can carry so much with it. Um, like right now, those who are listening, you hear my voice that's being transmitted over the radio, but you're not just hearing my voice, you're actually hearing like the way my voice sounds is because of my, my bones, because it's the sound that's resonating through my bones. So you're really hearing the physical sound of my body on the other end of what you're receiving. So for me, in a lot of ways, uh, radio is teleportation because it's like this physical sound that's going across the radio waves and it's being spit out on another end and entering in that acoustic space. So this is something that I'm kind of thinking about and and what do we put in that message when we send it out? Um, How, because it's very complex, it's not like a, a literal sort of phrase, right? It's something that exists and that we interpret, everyone's gonna interpret differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Wow. Thank you. Very, it's powerful. Voice is powerful. Mm-hmm. Respect. Uh, so we are here at Our Text. Uh, this exhibition is Sonic Fields of Reflection. Uh, Martin Rodriguez, thank you f- for your presence today and sharing some of your work. Thank you, for Stefan. I'm happy to be here and be talking with you and Mojen.